0: Anchored is a production of the Classic Learning Test based in Annapolis, Maryland Reconnecting Knowledge and Virtue Visit us at cltexam.com And welcome back to the CLT offices. We're glad you're here. Today, we're joined by Inga Cotton, founder and executive director of San Antonio Charter Moms. San Antonio Charter Moms was created to inform, empower, and advocate for quality education in San Antonio by being the most trusted information source on education in our region. It is a nonprofit organization geared towards helping parents and caregivers learn about lots of different schools and how to get their kids enrolled. If this is your first time listening to us, I'd like to take a little bit of time to explain what Anchored is. This is a podcast where our CEO, Jeremy Tate, engages in conversations with leading thinkers on issues at the intersection of education and culture. We appreciate your feedback, so please rate and review this episode and send any questions or comments to anchored at cltexam.com. For more information on CLT's mission and details about upcoming test dates, head to www.cltexam.com slash get started. Now, without any further ado, let's get on with the conversation.
1: Welcome back to the Anchored Podcast, the official podcast of the Classing Learning Test. I am Tracy Gardner, standing in today for Jeremy Tate. Today, we are excited to have Inga Cotton on the podcast Inga is the founder and executive director of San Antonio Charter Moms, which has a mission to help families find the right schools for their children. Inga has been voicing her support of school choice since her undergraduate days at Trinity University. Inga earned her law degree from the University of Texas at Austin and began her professional journey as a practicing lawyer, but soon found herself using similar skills, researching and analyzing school options for her own children. Welcome, Inga. We are so excited to have you here today. Thank you, Tracy. It's really an honor. We love to begin our Anchored podcast by learning a little bit more about yourself and your own educational formation. What was school like for you as a child, and what type of school did you attend, and did you love learning? So, um,
2: as a kid, uh, we moved around a lot. My dad changed jobs a couple times, and uh, actually what brought us to Texas was that um, before that, he was working as a civilian for the Army in Germany, and uh, folks in the military said, oh, you're going to love San Antonio, and so that's what brought us here, and I'm really glad. Um, But it was a big culture shock. So in Germany, I went to a Department of Defense high school and it was outstanding. There were um, they had a lot of resources. The teachers were all really proud to be there. They um, and we got to uh, visit different sites around Europe and do, you know, like like see things for ourselves. Um, And then coming to a big high school in the United States was a real culture shock. Um, Like I didn't understand what the big deal was about high school football. (laughs) Like, um, you know, at a big high school, sometimes students sort of form cliques. Um, and you're, you know, you're either this or that. And um, a lot of students had been together for years. And, you know, so there were like the speech and drama kids and there were, you know, the kids who did academic decathlon, and, you know, the kids who did each different sport or did music. And um, I didn't really find my place. Um, and so that was that was kind of my experience with public education in Texas. Um one benefit of moving around so much was that, um, like my parents were always, they always advocated for me to get into, you know, whatever honors or GT or enrichment, um, in whatever community communities we were in. And, um, uh, I was able to skip grades, um, which helped me access advanced material, but it also meant that I was out of sync with my classmates of uh, age and maturity wise. And so I actually went to college when I was 15, um, And that was a big that was a big shift. But like academically, it was good. Socially, it was kind of weird. And um, I knew. Yeah. So like the seeds were planted in my mind, like even when I was in high school, I used to read The Economist. I'd read The Wall Street Journal. Um, You know, I was uh, learning about like voucher programs in Milwaukee. Um, So I graduated high school in 1992. um, And that was actually before there was a charter statute in Texas. So but I was then my first semester in college at Trinity, I decided I would write a paper about school choice. It was on um, Bill Clinton's presidential platform. And the professor thought this was very bizarre, but he still thought it was a good paper. (laughs) I got an A minus. And, you know, that kind of sparked my interest in school choice.
1: Wow, that is really interesting. You you don't hear about very many children who are already interested in school choice at such a young age. So that's a really interesting story. Now, moving forward, tell us about the mission of San Antonio Charter Moms and why you felt moved to start this organization.
2: Yeah, so... um it's one of those like serendipitous kind of small world things so um my my dad is a lawyer and um my dear friend victoria rico her dad uh was a lawyer and uh, my dad was the guy with the file box um well her victoria's dad was the um the good talker you know very i was he was a very smart very honorable trial lawyer they had the ad on the back of the phone book um so that was a really good partnership and then what's funny is that victoria and i also have a partnership I, I, we have kids about the same age and so back in 2011 or so, uh, she became chair of the Brackridge foundation. And, um, I saw I, the, I read the paper that they'd made a grant to help kip San Antonio open their first elementary school. They already had middle school, high school, but they added an elementary school. And I, I told her, about. I was like, this is fantastic. What are you guys doing? And, and she's like, wow, okay. You, you know about charter schools? Like you, you care about this. This is really exciting. And so we, we started geeking out on it. So like, while the kids are playing with crayons or chasing each other around the backyard at, at her place, um, I was asking, well, what, you know, what is the Breckridge Foundation doing? She said that, that um, so their vision was to help successful charter schools like Great Hearts and Basis that had a or certainly strong track record in states like Arizona that were pioneers in school choice, help those schools expand to San Antonio and open high-performing charter schools here in San Antonio. And I thought that sounded like a great idea. I asked her kind of what was the, what were the missing pieces? Like, what did she need for an assist? And she said the the missing piece was parent communication. Um, like they were in the process of, Uh, helping, you know, great hearts file their application to get a charter to operate in Texas, Um, but not enough parents, um, even, I mean, even like basic facts about charter schools, like I was trying to figure out like, okay, what what district do I have to live in? Um, Is there an application fee? Like, will they let my son in, even though he has autism? Like, all you know all these basic questions i'm like okay if i'm starting with this and i've been studying about school choice since 1992 you know like what other i'm sure other parents have these questions too so at the time i was getting a lot of information from mom blogs and starting to use social media and so um and you know social media is a two-edged sword but you know i always try to use it in a positive way you know trying to spread good information try to put information in the hands of parents so that they can make those good decisions so so, SU Tournament started in 2012, just as a volunteer project, just to assist um, what Victoria and the Bracken Foundation and Choose to Succeed and the Halls Foundation, um, you know, to assist what they were doing, but with the parent communication aspect. And so, with the, the website and Facebook page, Facebook group, um, and then it's really it's really grown. 2017 was when we formed started forming the 501c3, accepting grant funding, and that really helped us to like grow the team. Because like I, I can pour my time into it, but to really professionalize it, um, I need to be able to to hire people with specialized skills to help.
1: That that is so amazing. Your journey parallels mine so much. We made the decision in two thousand twelve to homeschool our kids. We had four children at that at that point in time. They were born from two thousand five to two thousand twelve. At that point, so I had elementary school kids all the way down to a newborn. And then another one in between. And we just made the decision that year that the public school wasn't a good fit for our children. And so we chose to homeschool. But by around 2015 2016, I had learned of San Antonio Charter Moms, and then you had also introduced me to um, another group called Families Empowered that has a similar mission to your organization. And I learned about it through your uh, through your Facebook post as well. And I realized at that point there there is another option. We love homeschooling, but by this point in time in 2016, I had six children ranging in age from a newborn up through upper middle uh, upper elementary school. And homeschooling that many kids with diverse interests and diverse needs um, just became really a challenge. And so I was looking for other opportunities. And that's when I learned about great hearts. And we went through the the system to try to go into the lottery. And it took a couple of years. But by 2017, uh, my oldest got in, which then opened up the doors for my younger kids to get in. And I've been following your work very closely ever since. We, We are so blessed to live in a city that has so many options. Um, And I have no doubt that a lot of those options came about because of the hard work that you and your partner did in trying to empower those schools to get in front of the Texas legislature, to get their charter options approved and to be able to start the first school, which then led to getting the word out about starting more schools and and, and all of that work. So very, very grateful um, for the work you've done with that. So to follow up on that, um, in 2019, you launched uh, the Santa Barbara Schools app, which is amazing, by the way. Um, how many schools are currently represented in the app, and what new features are you planning for the future? So, before I talk about the app, I wanted to say it means so
2: much to me to hear story, feedback from parents who benefited from what San Antonio Schools does. Because like, sort of part of the downside of having so much of what we do be online is that it's like I can look at the stats. I can look, oh, we had 10,000 visitors to the website last month, but um, it's not the same as like, you know, the, the stories and like every story is, you know, a mom, a dad, you know, children, you know, who are finding their love of learning in a school. That's the right fit. So, so thank you for sharing about your story. I'm really glad that, that the work I do and folks like families Empowered that that was able to help you. So, um, so the, the app, so the backstory for the app was that, um, one of the first, okay. So like in the, in the early days of the shermoms.com website, Um, like I would kind of write like little, like quick posts, like reactions to things in the news. Um, and then, um, I started making, I created a page on the site that was just an alphabetical list of the charter schools in San Antonio because you couldn't find it anywhere else. So, and that was before like TA hadn't created txschools.gov or any of their tools. Um, and there were the Texas Charter Schools Association website had some errors. Uh, So it was just, there wasn't a good place to get it. And like, trust me, my, my. HTML skills are terrible, but, you know, it was, but it was, you know, it was a list and it was useful. And what we discovered after a while was that um, the line share of the traffic to the site was going to that page rather than each individual post. And by now, like some of our enrollment guide posts, like, so like our great hearts basis idea chip, like those enrollment guide posts get a lot of traffic, but still like the, the guide is, is the most important part. And so we've made improvements. So, so for example, like now there's like an accordion feature so that the guide page isn't so long and overwhelming because, um, yeah, we, um, we cover, there's I think over 150 schools of choice that we cover. Um, a big chunk of those are actually uh, choice schools authorized by independent school districts, which is that, and that wasn't a thing 10 years ago. So um, it's, it's part of this uh, system of great schools model or sort of a portfolio model. Uh, San Antonio ISD was the pioneer in San Antonio, when when Superintendent Pardo Martinez came, now he's now in Chicago. Um, but other districts like um, Edgewood and South Sand and Judson and um, other other districts in the San Antonio area are adopting the System of Grade Schools model. So that way, families get lots more choice. Um, you know, these buildings already exist. Um, there's additional funding when schools form partnerships. So so a big chunk of what we cover is actually schools that are part of ISDs, but families can exercise school choice to access those schools. But um, the other like, like the most school systems we cover are the open enrollment public charter schools. So each one is its own nonprofit. It has to go through the authorization process, through the TEA, um, through the state board of education, actually coming up in uh, late June, there's another round of applicants, including, um, well, yeah, there's a classical school in Houston, and there's, there's two special education focused schools in San Antonio that are Nearing the finish line of this process, so um, you know, think good thoughts for their applications. Um, yeah, so it's been it's been a process. Where we're always adding uh, new schools you know, every year, adding new schools to list, and then the, the mobile app um, presents that context in a, like a handy way because it'll you know, it'll localize on your location. And you can filter, and figure out which schools are nearest to you. Um, if you know you're searching for a fifth grader, you can you know f- skip all the middle schools and high schools. <laughs> um, So it really, um, you know, there's there's we're always thinking about improvements or ways to add new features. But I think the important thing is to um, keep it simple enough so it's easy to use and it gets people to that short list. And then once they have that kind of that short list of, okay, here's a bunch of schools that I can I can drive to these schools or they have buses. It's the right age group for my kids. um, This school, this model, learning model sounds interesting. And that's when you then you go to dig deeper, you know, go to an open house, go to a school tour, call the principal. Um, you know, ask a question in the charter moms group, you know, hey, we're looking at the school, you know, what are y'all's experiences? Because um, it's just with over 150 schools, like that's just overwhelming. It's like mind boggling. But if you can narrow it down to like five or 10 schools and do the intense research on those, then it's doable. Then we're Then we're hopefully getting good answers for families.
1: Yeah, I absolutely love that. I, I love the fact that there's the app that you can search for certain locations or certain types of schools or certain types of special meet, uh, special accommodations that might be available. But I also love the direct communication with parents right on the Facebook page of San Antonio Charter Moms. I've been a member, as I mentioned, for several years. And I'm I'm a charter school mom. As I mentioned, my, my six kids go to Great Hearts, Northern Oaks, which is very close to my house. We absolutely fell in love with the school. I I was very happy homeschooling, but uh, as I mentioned, it got to be a little bit overwhelming on some days with so many kids and so many different directions. And so my husband was the one that suggested that once angelina got in that we go ahead and take a look at the school and it changed my mind immediately within about 10 minutes of being in the school and watching the way this the first of all the way the students looked in their uniforms they had you know very nice uniforms you know the the nice uh polo shirt and the the khaki shorts or the khaki pants and you know the the way that they just looked very clean and and prepared for class the way they track the speaker they discipline problems, you know, students had a, a classroom management that was clearly articulated at the beginning of the year. And just watching um, the, the virtues that were on display all throughout the school, the artwork, um, that was really important to me. We also looked at basis as well, which is another great charter school option in, in San Antonio. Um, and, and so for us, it was really great to be able to go to see the school. But even before you get in, as a parent, it's great to have a forum upon which to ask questions and to be able to talk to other parents who have kids in those schools and ask them what, their experience has been like, what their kid's experience has been like. Um, And that's just so invaluable to be able to have that opportunity to connect with other parents who are in the same place that you are, that are trying to figure things out and with other parents who have been there, who have done it a few years and who have great advice for the, for the new parents that are trying to find solutions. So I, I absolutely love having a, a connection to people in the community. Um, I'd like to, to follow up on some additional advice that you would have for families and community members who wish to support expanded school choice opportunities for their own communities. You've already touched on this a bit, and that the Texas legislature will be listening to uh, new new school options. I I know there's the one in Houston that's led by Oscar Ortiz, and we're strongly pulling for him uh, to be able to get that through. But what can we as parents, as community members, as voters do in order to make our voices heard to the decision makers who make the choices about whether or not to allow more school choice and Texas? Yeah, that's a
2: really good question. Cause it, it's, um, you know, it's, it's a, like, a, it's a learning process, I think, cause I think what motivates families is like, we all love our children and we want a good future for them. Right. So that's what motivates us to problem solve for our own families. And then, um, what I've seen happen, it happened in myself. I see it happen in other families. It's kind of this awakening that, um, you know, charter schools are a special thing, but they're, they're, they 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 do not happen by default. Like the, there have to be, they, you know, they need, they need funding, they need enough, um, regulatory flexibility, right. To be able to like hire the teachers. And like you, know, you, as you described, um, uh, great arts and basis, like, um, each charter school has a unique learning model and like, that's the value add, that's what makes this so special is it makes it complicated for parents to find the one that's the right fit. But, um, you know, the more I learn about like different schools, like the more excited I get because, um, you know, I see just how much variation there is and, and, you know, how exciting it is for, for families to find, you know, like, ah, this is where my kids belong this is really fulfilling for us. Um, so, so I, I, I want to encourage families, like, you know, like if you're researching schools of choice or if you have your kids in a charter school or if you're homeschooling or using private school, like whatever, uh, school model fits for your kids, um, you know, be, um, learn who your elected officials are. So um, like, and we have resources on the site. So if you search for like Charter 101 on our site, these posts will come up. So like we have a um, step-by-step how to, so if you put in your address, you know, in these different websites, it'll tell you, you know, who is your state Senator and state uh, legislature, uh, state representative. Those are the folks who set the budget. They set uh, what the regulations are and the laws that determine uh, how charter schools are approved. So like there used to be a really low cap on how many charter networks there could be in Texas, and thankfully that got lifted. So otherwise we'd be we'd be stuck, right? Um, so, but there's always there's always things like like red tape, like um, you know, like if a charter school is trying to expand and they want to sell school bonds, um, they need um, a local authority to kind of sign off on that, um, and like it should just be you know a stroke of the pen. But um, sometimes those little things become sticking points. Like it could be like a land use or a zoning saying like, oh, the school's going to be on this busy street, um, you know, but the important thing is opening more education options. Because, I mean, Tracy, you've experienced being on a waiting list. I've experienced being on a waiting list. It's terrifying. It's really frustrating when you feel like, you're, you know, you're you're have your nose pressed against the glass. You want your child to get into the school. You're convinced it's going to be wonderful for them. And there's not a spot for them. And it's so frustrating. Um, so I, you know, I encourage people, find out who your elected officials are um, and then be prepared to tell your family's story about, um, you know, so for us, it was that our neighborhood school is a high performing school, but, um, they weren't able to serve my son who has special needs, but is also, um, high functioning. And, um, we got some really negative messages. Like he had a teacher who didn't believe in him and, um, I didn't want him to internalize that. Um, so I homeschooled for a year, even just homeschooling one kid. That was a handful. <laughs> that was temporary. Um. You know so we encourage on our site like we publish uh, guest posts of uh, like high school students of moms and dads um of educators um because i feel like we're, we're building up this like story library of um you know people explaining like how school chase affected their career you know for students how it's affected their learning for families like how much more fulfilled they are as parents because they see their children thriving um so, so we post these stories on our site but it's very powerful When an elected official can meet with a group of parents, like whether it's on a school tour or, you know, in their office or, you know, during a legislative session, you know, and just hear like how much of an impact school choice and charter schools is making on families. Um, Because, you know, maybe they're used to the idea that there's these traditional public schools that serve, you know, here's this campus that serves this neighborhood and it's supposed to serve all the kids in that geography. Um, but that's not, it's not necessarily working. And that's not how the world needs to be, that we really need to unleash school choice so that um, more families can get these benefits for their children. So knowing who your elected officials are, getting more comfortable telling your story, and then, you know, gathering in settings, like whether it's school tours or at events or visiting legislators in their offices or at community events, um, you know, telling your story so that they're, is there, the elected officials? They're they're people persons, right? Like they they run on stories, um, you know. So if, if that's in their heart, thinking that you know by supporting these measures that will help school choice and charter schools, that this is helping children, then they'll feel good about what they're doing.
1: Yeah that's that's amazing. We're we're doing some of the same kind of work here at CLT at, at Classic Learning Test. Our mission is to reconnect knowledge and virtue by creating meaningful assessments and connections to seekers of truth, goodness and beauty. And the kinds of things that we put on our test is beautiful classical literature, children's literature. Uh, We put on the founding documents. We have great historians and science, the best scientists that have ever lived, some of their work. Um, We try to bring on texts that span the whole Western intellectual tradition. And that goes through Europe and Northern Africa and Africa as well um, as part of that beautiful intellectual tradition. So CLT is, is different than a lot of tests that are out there. My, my kids take the Texas star assessment and in um, full disclosure, I've worked on the Texas star assessment. I'm an I'm a, I'm a test maker by trade and I helped work on that test along with lots of other tests. Um, but in our bias and sensitivity, committees, we worked really hard to put nothing on the test that would make anyone upset. So it's it's full of reading passages that are pretty boring, you know, about, you know, penguins and about things that that don't really um, engage with the human condition and human flourishing. CLT is very different. Um, We love to put things on the test that that tie back to the classroom, the kinds of ideas that are talked about in beautiful educational classrooms, ideas that motivate and inspire and bring us back to the founding ideas of what our great country is all about. And I have to say it's really neat working on a test where we can put those kinds of ideas. We can put politics and literature and philosophy and science and in, in front of kids and in such a way that's motivating and inspiring. And so part of the school choice movement for us is also having having choice in testing, Um, because all these great charter schools that you're talking about, they still have to take the standard assessment for the state. They don't have a choice of what assessments to take. And we have assessments for grades seven through 12. And uh, next year, we're launching our field test for grades three through six. And we're going to have beautiful poetry and children's literature and historical fiction um, on our test that brings that brings us back, that reconnects back to the classroom on the best ideas that have been thought and said and also on on the arts we want to uh, on our tests we're going to have um, art and architecture we want to have musicians that are featured and composers and some of the best artists that have ever lived we want to write about them and reintroduce kids to those great ideas of the people that came before us and so just like you're working to get school choice in front of the texas legislature we're also trying to get t- choice and testing there are lots of states like florida and arizona and colorado um, that do offer options and testing texas isn't there yet and so that's part of the work that we're trying to do. And we're trying to work across the country as well, because schools like great hearts and basis and IDEA and, and then some of the other great charter charter networks around the country, like the success Academy that uses core knowledge as the basis of their educational curriculum would be such a great fit to the CLT, but in certain States, they can't take the CLT because it's, it's not on the docket for as an appropriate test. You have to take the current state test. That's aligned to the common core instead of the tests that are aligned, uh, to the curriculum that's being taught by that particular charter school, so we're sort of in this hand in hand. We're we're fighting for the same thing, but through a slightly different lens. And it's so nice to have a partner in doing so. Um, I'd love to move on and talk about other communities. We are so blessed in San Antonio and in and in the state of Texas in general. They have so many options. But many of our listeners come from other communities and other states that don't that don't have these resources available. So one your advice to help other families find out about school choice options in their own communities and what can they do to continue to promote family empowerment and school choice in their communities when they're not in a state like ours? Right,
2: right. So um, there are some wonderful organizations that have a nationwide reach. Uh, One is National School Choice Week. So the actual National School Choice Week is usually in late January. And uh, we're actually, we're already planning one of our school fair events. We'll, We'll tie in with National School Choice Week. So, if you've seen like the yellow scarves, um, but like on their website, like over during the pandemic, they really beefed up uh, their resources on their website. So they have so whatever you know those those questions like, well, what is what's the difference between a magnet school versus public school choice? versus charter schools. Um they talk about like like virtual school, like some virtual schools do it really well. Emergency Zoom school is no good, but (laughs) some some online schools like Great Hearts Online are doing fantastic work. So so National School Choice Week um has a great website and they will they will break it down state by state so you get a feel for what options are available in your state. So for example in Texas there is no private school choice program except for like a very small like um, you know, program for some families with kids with special needs, um, you know, but some states like Florida or Arizona, you know, have, you know, very flexible uh, private school choice programs. So, so private schools are more accessible um, to families across the income spectrum. So, to you know, to learn about what things are in your state, um, the National Alliance for Public Charter Schools also kind of compares what the laws are in different states um, and they can direct you to, um, you can search for, you know, what is the charter school advocacy organization in your state? Um, and then also, um, ed choice, uh, based in Indiana is a, an excellent resource. They will, they will break it down state by state just so you get a feel for like, what's, um, what's available. Um, there are sites, uh, so actually on our website, we have, if you search for uh, like best, how to find the best mm-hmm. schools in San Antonio, um, some of those are also national resources. So like, U.S. News will report ranks, uh, high schools. So you'll find out like a lot of them are selective admission, like, um, you know like there are magnet schools in those uh places um but um yeah there's different different school rankings and different um places that evaluate schools that so you can find national resources that will apply in whatever community you're in
1: Oh, that, that is really amazing. I learned so much just right there. I'm going to have to go do some of that research myself just for our own work that we do here at CLT. Well, we love to end the Anchored podcast talking about books. We love books at CLT. And we believe that books help to be very formative and not only in the work we do, but in, in just the work that we do with our families and our communities. So I'm curious if, if there are a book or a couple of books that you read recommend that have had a Im- big impact on you, either as a parent, as an attorney, or as an advocate of school choice? What would you recommend to our readers to take a look at?
2: You know, that um, what pops in my head is um, C.S. Lewis's The Chronicles of Narnia, um, but maybe not for the obvious reason. Um, I feel like those those books are so powerful for me because like I read them as a young child, like maybe fourth grade or so. And then I read them again, like as a young adult. And um, so as a, as a young child, they, to me, they were adventure stories. These were like, you know, fairy tales, like very vivid, you know, like plot, like what happens next, like, you know, edgy seat, like really like beautiful, exciting stories. And then like reading them as a young adult, um, it was more thinking about like, what character traits do these books, uh, teach you, you know, like, like how does Edmund learn from his mistakes? Right. How do we, you know, how does, um, Aslan model sacrifice and, you know, what can we learn from that? And, um, th- and then, um, my, the, I resi- revisited, those books again with the audiobook versions, um, with my kids, like, as we drive back and forth to coding classes or, you know, visiting state parks to go hiking or whatever, um, you know, we chose those books to listen to in the car. And, um, and they also really read them too at, at school at Grey Hearts. um, you know, but, um, you know, experiencing it with my children and thinking about like, how, how do I pass on to them, you know, some of the same like efficacy and character and wanting to be a problem solver, you know, wanting to, to care for each other, care about your family, care about your community. Um, you know, how, you know, character is the things that, you do when you know you don't think anyone's looking, right? <laughs> the real test of who you are. And um, so I feel like the, those those books in particular, uh, because I've they've had an impact on me at so many points in my life. And um, you know, like for me, um, you know, I've had to to stretch and and like I'm I'm kind of an introverted person. And so to have to be a semi-public figure, you know, like, because um, it's challenging, but, you know, I do it because I want um, to help other families problem solve. Um, And so um, I feel like like the power of good literature is that we internalize these stories. We're able to pass them on to our children. It helps us to make better choices in the day-to-day, you know, even when we're making snap decisions. Um, You know, you don't have time to stop and think, well, what would Aslan have done in this situation, right? What what would the kings and queens of Narnia have done here? Well, but it it just becomes ingrained in our our image of ourselves. Like, how can I be the best person I can be? And, And how do I bring that to my work and to my family every day?
1: Wow, that is so beautiful. and we I couldn't have said it any better. We, we love C.S. Lewis at CLT. We've got a lot of C.S. Lewis passages on our assessments, but we also love to read about his words and his values in education as well. It's been so delightful to talk to you today, Inga. Thanks for the fine work that you're doing, not, not only in the the great state of Texas, but clearly nationally as well, just helping others around the country find options for their kids so that we can do the, what's best for our own families and make those decisions ourselves. Very thankful to you and the work of your organization. Well,
2: it's it's been a pleasure visiting with you, Tracy. And uh, I just want to salute
1: the courage, of, you know, what,
2: at Classical Learning Test, it, you know, it takes courage to, to break away and not do just what exactly everything else is doing. And there's there's so much anxiety when it comes to launching our kids into adulthood and testing and evaluation is so much of a part of that. you know. But to, but to stand up and say, hey, let's stop and think, maybe we need to do things differently. That takes a tremendous amount of courage. Thank
0: you so much, Inga. It's been
1: such a pleasure to have you.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Anchored. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends and colleagues. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time.